0: Talking some pucks. Always a pleasure to welcome back to the program. He covers the St. Louis Blues. You can see his work, NHL.com. And with the hockey news, Lou Korak is kind enough to join us here in the Big 550. Lou, how are you?
1: I'm good, Brendan. How are you?
0: I'm well. You know, We were just talking off the air here a second ago. Uh, For you, it's uh, obviously a process of writing about this team, kind of analyzing this team. But as we analyze this team on a daily basis... Lou, even though we're you know uh, nearing the end of the month of January, it's still kind of tough to put your finger on exactly what the Blues are at this point, right? Well,
1: I think the last 3 games show you what they're capable of, yeah, but yeah. the 3 games prior to that also show what they're capable <laughs> of as well. So, it's up one day, down the next, up, down. And uh but you know what, you've uh, You've strung together three in a row here. I think that's what um, they've been looking for all year here is just some consistency. Uh, it's the way this group is, though. It's It's been a tough go. It's been a challenge. But uh, you have been able to string together some wins here in the month of January. I'll, I'll be honest with you, going into the month of January here, um, and there's still three games to go before you hit uh, the all-star break, and uh, some of these guys are going to go into an extended break. I really thought this was going to be their make-or-break month. And When you looked at the opponents that they were going to be playing, you're talking about, what, Vancouver twice, which is at the top of the league. You're talking Carolina. You're talking the Rangers, Boston, Florida. Surprisingly, Philadelphia, which is up there. Uh, Calgary has jumped back into the mix with uh, some pretty strong play here in the last. I mean, you, you're talking about all, all opponents going into this month that were above five hundred except for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it just basically told me, if you were going to stay in this thing, you were going to have to string together some wins. They've done that. They're 6-3-1 and in the month so far, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, again, you've got three games to go. You're playing Seattle tomorrow, which has been on a pretty good tear. Now, the L.A. Kings have nosedived. I don't know what the heck is going on with them. Uh, they have literally... I mean, you had Drew Doughty calling them out after the game last night. They lost to Buffalo, and then you got Columbus on the ledger. So three more big, important games to try to assert yourself, establish yourself. With back-to-back wins here in the last two days, all of a sudden you're one point out of the wild card, and all of a sudden it's amazing how it takes very little to get yourself feeling good again. And right now, they've you know three games, six points, you're feeling good about your game again.
0: Well, and Lou, as you said, that this is what 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 we've seen the last three games, what they're capable of of being. What then is that that identity that that interim coach Drew Bannister has has been able to foster here to where, since Chief was fired, when we kind of piece it all together, there's actually been more good than bad how have how have they gotten to that point when they're good why are they good well i think what it
1: starts with is you've got you're getting some secondary scoring right now you're getting some scoring from that Braden shen line with brandon sod and jake neighbors all contributors again last night uh in that win against vancouver uh alexey torpchenko scored a big goal last night you're not relying on the Thomas line with uh, Buchnevich and uh, Jordan Kyrou to shoulder the load offensively. And I think what you're getting is, is you're getting a team now that's puck managing much, much better. You, you're not getting... Is it perfect? No. But you're not getting the persistent turnovers, consistent turnovers. You're not getting the... Getting hemmed in your own zone. You're getting guys now that are... The, where their puck placement is is on par and spot-on in the offensive zone, which enables these guys to get in on the four-check, which enables these guys to get in on the cycle and sustain zone time themselves. I I think you're starting to see a little bit more consistency at that. Like I said, is it perfect? No. You witnessed that in Calgary. Um, It took a third-period comeback to win that game, and last night you had a team that was on top of you pretty much from – the drop of the puck for the first ten minutes, and then all of a sudden the Blues just kind of flipped the switch, started to figure some things out, and you're up, at, and you're ahead two to nothing after one. Um, so, you know, I think what you got Saturday against the Washington Capitals is about as close to a sixty-minute game as we've seen from this team this year. And you saw what happened with that; it's a, it was a three to nothing win, and pretty much from start to finish, I think they dominated that game. So, if they can get any anything as close to the results and execution that they got in that Washington game, I think this team's going to stay in this and they're going to be relevant as far as the playoffs are concerned. But again, you still got some important games here before the break and then you're going to and then when you come back out of the break, it's February 10th. You know, that's less than a month away from the trade deadline. Guys are going to guys are going to have that in their rearview mirror and all of a sudden looking over their shoulder thinking about that, what is this team going to look like? in less than a month. So these are important games coming up, um, big points on the table. Uh, but the Blues are right there. I think they're showing that right now, that they're right there. And they, you know, if they can just continue with that consistency, they might just be a relevant player when it comes to uh, the final eight of the Western Conference because nobody seems to want to grab anything and run with this in the West. I think it's wide open right now.
0: How, how do you think Doug Armstrong, Lou, is is going to view this team – in terms of looking at the deadline, and and like you said, there's there's room for this team to be among those eight, maybe to do some damage even when the playoffs start. But in, in what position do you think they need to be in for Doug Armstrong to say, "Yeah, let's go in it"? Not necessarily having to buy, but I'd even wonder, not sell, right? Not try yeah. and 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 move pieces along um looking towards the future. What what will be his motivation on that front?
1: Well certainly if you continue to win, that's gonna that's gonna alter and affect the the thinking of where management is going to go with this. I still think right now they're probably looking at this team as one. He's not gonna he's not the type of guy that's just gonna go, are we good enough just to get in and then get bounced in the first round. He's always somebody that's gonna look at a team where he's gonna want to know a, can they get in, and B, can they do some damage? And right now, I still don't think this is a team that can sustain a long playoff run or even or do a whole lot of damage, but, again, if you continue to win, that might alter the thinking, and maybe you go out and acquire some pieces that might help prolong or, or help uh, accelerate that process even more, but right now if if he had to make that decision i still think he's looking to perhaps the future and fortifying this team in the next couple of years but you know you're on a three game winning streak right now uh is it great no but it's good it's a solid start it's a solid foundation you've beaten some really good hockey teams here but they do have some players that they probably are going to want to make some decisions on and uh you know This is a team this year that's not showing the peaks and valleys of that group last year. I think he got a pretty good idea last year where the direction he was going to go with this. And you saw he started jettisoning off guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and Ivan Barbashev before the deadline. And he acquired assets uh, to set this team up for the future for those current pieces. And I don't know if he's there yet because this team is showing a little bit more consistency than that group last year did but uh... that's why i think these next uh... These next couple weeks are gonna be pretty important to the direction that they're going to show management which which way they want to go right now because if i had to if i had to say right now if the trade deadline is tomorrow i still think that the blues would probably be looking to uh... maybe get younger and maybe try to take some salary off the books in order to look to the future but certainly they can change, they can change their minds. If you go out and win a game tomorrow and if you go out and win the two home games before the All-Star break, all of a sudden you're on a six-game winning streak, which would be great, and you're probably getting management to think a little bit differently.
0: And can there be a hybrid model of that, Lou, where you're, you're getting younger while at the same time you're not throwing in the towel saying, yeah, this, no, no playoffs this year. Can you have your cake and eat it too, so to speak?
1: I think so. I mean, you know, you you still got some veterans on this team that have term, that have contract, that uh, say if the Blues, well, and, and also with, uh, with no trade clauses that have the Blues going, you know, we still have guys that are laying the foundation for the future but are also playing for the now. So um, they tried doing that last year. He gave them, you know, he he gave them as much rope as they possibly could get but there was just too many peaks and valleys in that season last year where you know you had guys that were going to be impending free uh unrestricted free agents where he really had no choice and and had to get something for these guys without you know losing them for nothing i don't think you're necessarily in that boat right now you have a couple of guys maybe somebody like a a marco scandella who You know, could be of value to a playoff team uh, who's got an expiring contract. But you've got some guys like on your blue line, Tori Krug, Justin Falk, um, Nick Letty. You know, these are all guys that if you would want to move them, obviously we saw what happened with Tori Krug over the summer. You're going to have to get their permission because they've got no trade clauses. You know, maybe somebody like a Brandon Sod or a Pavel Buchnevich who, you know, could be of use to somebody that wants to make a deep playoff run and. You'd have to go to these guys, and ask, well, uh, Brandon Saad, especially, who has a no-trade clause, you'd have to ask these guys, would you want to move to go someplace where maybe you can win now? So right. these are questions that are going you know, to be addressed here over the next, I don't know, four, five, six weeks. It's all going to play itself out, and the only way that it's going to play itself out where Doug Armstrong's not going to do a whole lot of uh, maneuvering with this roster is if this team continues to win.
0: Lou, how impressed have you been with the emergence of Jake Neighbors? Oh,
1: you've got to love it. Uh, I was just—I was having a, a discussion with uh, my colleague up in Edmonton, uh, Derek Van Beest. Uh, we traded a couple of messages, and uh, he followed him along in his junior career because he played up in Edmonton in his junior career. And first thing he sent to me when uh, Neighbors was drafted by the Blues, he told me, he "Goes, you're gonna—the Blues are gonna love this kid. You're gonna love covering this kid. A because he's a good kid, and B because he's a workhorse." And I, you know, I kind of, I didn't really brush it off, but I kept thinking, okay, that that sounds like a player that's going to be good for the Blues. And then you start watching him, and you're thinking, yeah, you know, he kind of fits the fabric of and and the mold of of how the Blues want to play. But I just hadn't seen, you know, anything that was going to tell me that this kid was going to have that offensive capabilities. But boy, he's he's made a he's made a believer out of me. I mean, this kid's willing to not only be a contributor, but work to, in order to contribute, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to the net. He's, he's working hard. He's forechecking. He's, he's defensively sound. I mean, he's doing all the little things that you want to ask of a player in order to have success, and I think he's being rewarded for it right now. I mean, who would have imagined on, what, we're at January 25th, and he's one goal away from being tied for the team lead in goals right now, which is Robert Thomas. Right. I, I don't know if anybody would have, uh, I don't know if anybody would have taken dibs on that at this <laughs> point. But th- that's where he is. I mean, he scored a big goal last night in Vancouver to get the Blues on the board and kind of jumpstart them in that first period a little bit when they looked pretty, when they looked like they were on their heels for about the first ten minutes. But he's just kind of that motor guy. You know who he really reminds me of? He reminds me of a TJ Oshie when Oshie came into the Blues. That's who he reminds me of. That's just kind of that motor that he's, he, you know, he's. He's the engine that gets everybody else going, and and you can see that in, in Jake Nabors' play. If he continues on this trajectory, I, I think the Blues got themselves a nice foundational player for a number of years to come.
0: he yeah, has been a real breath of fresh air, a lot of fun to watch here in the first few months of uh, the season here for the Blues, and and to kind of tie it all together, Lou, the, the goaltending situation for the Blues, with, with, with Bennington as your one and, and Hofer as a solid two, I feel like it's it's the kind of situation where I don't know if you could ask for much more to where Bennington delivers Hofer delivers and sometimes over delivers but there's also there's there's no goaltender controversy Bennington's your one but it I, I don't know i it it's it's strange because usually when when the backup has moments where uh, Hofer has had those moments this year it it can lead to a controversy but there's there's none of that here and 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 Lou, it would uh, it appear like on a nightly basis you get exactly what you're looking for uh, out of uh, one of your two goaltenders almost every night.
1: Well, they're always going to keep keep you in a game, Brendan. That's that's just the bottom line. I mean, that's that's been pretty evident. I it, it's been far and few in between. What have the Blues played? Uh, 46 games. I could probably maybe pick a handful of games, and I say that with a caveat. Maybe. I can maybe pick a handful of games where I thought the goaltending didn't give you a chance to win on a nightly basis, and there have been games where you know these guys have just been barraged and just you know couldn't couldn't keep the dam standing up, but they always would give you a chance. Uh, it's it's it was, it was a case in point again last night. I mean, you know, Joel Holfer gives up the three goals, and I think he'll tell you that you know and. And he's still learning, and it's it's a process for him in the NHL. You know, just a He's a good puck handler, and he made a couple of puck puck handling mistakes that ultimately led to the first two goals. There's not a whole heck of a lot he could have done about the third one. It was a six on five goal that just kind of bounced in and not really given much of a chance. But he made made some really good saves, and they don't win that game last night unless he makes that big glove save right. on uh, on uh, in overtime right before Braden Shen scores. So. Again, it's just it's a case where these guys are giving you a chance to win and they you know, they build their confidence off of the way these guys play. Jordan Bennington's five one and one in his last seven starts. I mean, he's starting to catch fire, he's starting to feel good about the way he's playing, and I don't think he ever doubted himself or lost any confidence this year, but there were some dips in the numbers at times. He started off strong, there was some dip in the numbers and now he's back on an upward trajectory again, and I think you know You know, going back to 2019, I think you understand what you're going to get from him on a nightly basis. But you got a guy there now, and Joel Holfer, I think when you've got a guy there that pushes Jordan Bennington, it brings out the best in him. We saw it a couple of years ago in the playoffs when uh, it looked like maybe the Blues were going to ride Billy Huso in the playoffs, and Jordan Bennington, you know, didn't, you know, didn't cause any, you know, didn't want to cause any friction with his partner, but he. He stepped in when Billy Huso struggled and said, uh-uh, now that, you know, this is my cage. So when he's pushed, it's usually when you get his best. And I think you're starting to see that now because I think he understands that Joe Holfer is uh, capable of being an NHL goalie. Last year it was Thomas Grice. There was really nothing there that was going to challenge him for that number one spot. And you've got a pretty good one-two tandem right now. Again, like I said, that's going to give you a chance pretty much on a nightly basis.
0: Yeah, agreed. It's been really uh... Really impressive, no doubt about it. Lou, uh, what are you working on right now, whether it's uh, NHL.com, the Hockey News? What can folks find as uh, they're uh, a little excited about their Blues right now?
1: Well, I mean, we like i touched on you when I talked to you earlier. We uh, talked to uh, Matthew Kessel. I talked to his coach at uh, UMass Amherst, uh, Greg Carval, who was a former assistant uh, in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators and uh, Anaheim Ducks. Had Kessel in college and uh, got some got some good stuff from him just about uh, just some information about what kind of a player this kid can be in the NHL, and you gotta, you gotta figure th- th- this is a this is a guy in a program that understands what it takes to develop guys to get them to the NHL level. I mean, this is where Kale McCarr played for God's sake, yeah. I and mean, we know we know how good Kale McCarr is. There's there's some pretty good NHL alumni that have come out of UMass. So we got a Matthew Kessel piece that we just uh, published on uh, the Hockey News. So go check that out and uh, some good stuff. It's uh, I think this kid's a keeper, Brendan. I, I, re- I really like It's only a small sample size. He's only played 13 NHL games, and he's played in 11 of them this year. And I guess he's human, because last night, he finally was on the ice for a goal against at even strength. That's pretty amazing when you talk about somebody that's actually playing top four minutes and going up against some of the top-caliber players in the league and finally on the ice for a goal against. So I guess he showed that there is a human side to him. But it's, so far, it's been a it's been a heck of a start for him in the league. He's pretty humble about, uh, you know, getting into the league and wanting to stay here now. And that's one of the first things when I talked to him is that he said to me, he goes, I'm here. I want to stay here now. And, you know, you get that from a lot of, lot of different athletes. You go, oh, you know, that's of course, that's a great thing to say, but this kid, this kid really means it. And I think, I think he's raised a lot of eyebrows in the organization. They 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 think they found themselves somebody here. And, uh, this might be this. This is going to be a kid for Blues fans to keep an eye on for years to come. Yeah,
0: the twenty-three-year-old's been uh, been awfully impressive here so far. I look forward to uh, checking that out, Lou. And uh, thanks, as always, for uh, joining us here on the Big Five Hundred and Fifty.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me, Brendan. Take care.